On today's episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast, we're going to preview Cade Cunningham, the franchise player, preview his upcoming season, his third season in the NBA. Stay tuned for all that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review whenever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle with any purchase. You, want, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Again, that's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle with any purchase. In today's episode, we are joined by friend of the podcast, Hal. You can find him over on Twitter at HalBritius. We're going to be re- or previewing Kate Cunningham's upcoming season, um, but like we did in the other previews, we'll start off with a quick review of the player so far into their career. Then we'll move into the preview for the upcoming season, and then we'll move into having expectations or saying what our expectations and predictions are in the final segment. So um, we've already done Asar Thompson. Uh, we did Jane Ivey. Yesterday we did Asar Thompson with Bryce Simon. I did Jane Ivey all alone uh, last week. Uh, so we're moving down the roster. Uh, Hal, uh, Hal, thank you for coming on to the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Um, but let's Absolutely. go ahead and get into it. Let's go ahead and get into it. So Kay Cunningham missed the entirety or basically the entirety of last season. Um, so it's going to be tough to do a review of his second season. So basically what I'll ask you is how do you feel about Kay Cunningham as the player so far through his career? Where, where do you stand with him thus far? Well, I'm, I'm disappointed. And that's only because we didn't get to see, you know, we haven't gotten to see the best of him and that's, that just sucks, but it, also extremely excited, right? That's just, that's the only place you can be when you have a guy who misses most of his sophomore season. You know, I think uh, it's, it's maybe hard to, to reach back and, and maybe traumatic to reach back two seasons to his, his rookie season. But like that was the season people will remember. He didn't have a role man for half the season, right. Until we got Marvin Bagley. So we've never even gotten to see Cade in like a great situation for him to thrive. So, you know, looking back on what he's done, it's like, okay, this is all really exciting. These are all these skills that, you know, uh, we saw coming out of college. And, you know, he I think he delivered on what we expected. He had a season as a rookie that was nearly, you know, rookie of the year caliber. He gets hurt. And now it's just like exciting, you know, waiting to see what happens when we finally put him in a team that's a little more stable, you know, maybe uh, uh, an offense that's going to have a little more juice to it around him. And, you know, hopefully we finally get to see the Cade that was promised. So obviously it is disappointing that we didn't get to see him at all last season or we got to see him, but only for like 10 games. And it was, it, it, that was very disappointing. And obviously it has a lot of excitement for his upcoming season, the off season that he's had thus far with team USA, the Rico Hines runs has everyone just juiced up for his third season and in the NBA. Um, but why I want to go with this, Hal is when he was drafted, there are some things that, that he was billed to be, ready to do out the gate. Um, one of the things was his outside shooting. So I'm going to go that route. I want to talk about how 
I think he's matched. I, I think everyone feels like he's going to be the franchise player. I feel like he's going to be the franchise player for the Detroit Pistons. I think he's a future MVP caliber player. I'm that high on Cade. But so far into his career, the one thing that hasn't came along like a lot of people expected it to was his pull-up three-point shooting and overall three-point shooting so far into his career. Um, so I think if we're just going to review him so far into his NBA career, which is legit, I, has he even played a full 82 games? I know he missed the beginning of last season or his first year. And they only played like 10 games. If he has, it's like 83 games, I think. He has played 76. Okay, so yeah, he hasn't even played a full NBA season yet. Um, but so far through 76 games, if I were to review, give a quick review of Kate, it would be, I think he's gonna, he showed why he's the number one overall pick. He's going to be the franchise player. If there's one area that he has to improve on and one area I need to see him improve on, um, for him to get to that level that I think he can get to, it's obviously the three-point shooting and the pull-up three-point shooting. But everything else, I think he's flashed just about everything you want to see, from the playmaking um, to not being an absolute negative on defense. Uh, when it comes to finishing around the basket, I bring this stat up all the time. B-Ball Index tweeted out uh, when you take into account the gravity, uh, the difficulty of his finishes, and the spacing of finishes. He was the best finishing rookie of the last like 10 to 15 years, I think it was. Um, so I, I'm cool with all that. It, I just think that if there's one area he has to improve on, it is his outside shot. Yeah, and that is, I mean, there's a couple of nice positives. First, he came out of college shooting 40%, right? That's that's There's a baseline there. Um, and then, of course, he's a 84-ish percent free throw shooter on you know plenty of volume for us to be confident in that. So uh, this is a guy who has plenty of touch, um, you know, and then last year he didn't shoot well from three, but he did shoot, you know, 40% plus from the mid range, right? I'm going to double check, but yeah, 49% on long twos. So there's definitely shooting touch. There's definitely like, uh, not just mechanics to do catch and shoot, but like those mid range pull-ups are all pull-ups, right? So there's, there's. Uh, a baseline there of of like pull-up shooting, which is what you really want to see for a guy like Cade, where it's, you know, he's going to have an on-ball diet of offense. Um, I'm not that worried about it. I mean, the reports say not only did he have this this busted shin, right, but that he had it since college, right? So we're talking about a guy who probably wasn't getting the lift he expected on his jumpers for 18 months, uh, and that includes an ankle sprain to start his rookie season as well, right? So he missed like 20 straight three, something like that, right? He was like one for 21 or something to start that that rookie season. So I think this is just a, a, a bunch of events that took him, you know, just completely out of out of rhythm. Um, and hopefully we're going to see an uptick. Now, I don't think he's going to walk into this season being a 40% shooter. I'm not saying that. But, you know, I think we're going to see a much more confident three-point shooting Cade than than we did. So besides the three-point shooting, before we move on to just previewing his upcoming season, is there anything else that you want to point out that you think that you'd want to see really improve in this upcoming season or something that maybe he struggled with or something that you feel like he hasn't been as good at um, that you maybe were expecting? Is there anything like that through his first, I guess, 76 games of the year? Because we could just see, like, anytime I talk about Cade, it's just glowingly. Every time I talk about the podcast, it's glowingly. Because I, I love Cade. I think Cade's going to be the franchise player for the Pistons. Like I said, I think he can be a future MVP player. I think he's going to win most improved player of the year this year. Like, I think he's great. So I think you have to balance it out, though, sometimes by talking about things he has to improve on and things he has to do to get to that point. So I brought up his outside shot. Is there anything else that you have seen 
uh, through 76 games that maybe is different, not just the three-point shot? Well, there's there's a lot of like fine margins for a player like Cade, right? Like we've already seen this player who is, you know, very similar to like a Luka Doncic and what he can do. He's just not efficient at all these things. He's got these baseline skills and they just need to become, you know, all-star level skills for him to to become, you know, an all-NBA style player. And that's going to be a gradual improvement, right? Hopefully that shooting efficiency just keeps climbing, not just the the um, the three-point shooting, but also, you know, hopefully the mid-range stuff stays really efficient, right? He was, again, upper 40s on those long twos. But can he keep those long twos on upper 40s, still be composed in the pick and roll, and then get better in the floater range? That was an area where he did struggle still a little bit, was kind of those short twos, the jumper floater range. You know, getting to the rim more often, you know, selling contact more. I think he drew plenty, but, you know, selling contact, getting fouls more. Those little margins are going to add up. I think the big thing, though, is um, trimming the turnovers just a little bit and then the the big strides he can make on defense. He was a good defender for a rookie. I think he's a really cerebral defender. He's clearly seeing the floor really well. Um, and I think the next step is just like continuing to make an impact, you know, not just on the ball, but off the ball and as a communicator. The big thing I think this team has lacked, uh, mostly because they just haven't had a veteran center uh, for the past couple of years is defensive communication. And that was the thing I think they missed a lot last year was Cade's voice on the floor, not just on offense, but on defense. Um, and I think that just seeing him become a leader on that end is something that I'm really looking forward to, to, you know, seeing where he goes this year. Yeah. They're, they're really going to need to need him to be a voice on defense and be a, a, a good defender because of how, they were really bad defensively this past year. I, I remember before the season, I always bring this up to my listeners. Before the season, I said, you know what? I'm tired of going defense and sacrificing offense. Can we sacrifice some defense to get some offense and like actually have a fine offense? And then I watched two months of basketball with the Pistons. I was like, yeah, I'm done. That no, I, I made that. a mistake. <laughs> I made a mistake. I, I was wrong. I don't ever want to see what I had to watch last season. That defense, seriously, it was just, I think they might have had not might. I, I I strongly believe they had the worst defensive wing room in the entire NBA. I like I think it was bad. It was pretty bad. So um, Cade the guard is, room wasn't much better either. Well, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't. But <laughs> with Cade coming back with his size and length, you figure he's probably going to be guarding whether it's wings or bigger guards, uh, something along those lines. I think that's an area that they're going to really need him. And hopefully he's. It looks like he's 100% and he's ready for the season, so hopefully he's able to help on that end as well. You brought up uh, being able to draw fouls. That's something that he's definitely going to need to do, even though I feel like, like you said, he draws a lot of contact as he hasn't been given very respectful whistle. Maybe learn how to sell those, get some more free throw attempts. That will help his efficiency as well. Um, but enough of all that. When we come back, we'll preview his upcoming season, some storylines, some things that you really want to watch for in this upcoming season for Kay Cunningham. Stay tuned for all that. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts, too. They are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long as well it's just it's the answer for everything bird dogs are functional for any occasion you want to go out golfing you want to go out and play some basketball bird dogs is there for you You want to go on a date bird dogs is there for you you want to go for an evening out with the boys you want to go up to the bar watch the game 
and do that. Go to the pool. You want to go work out. You have to go to work. Bird Dogs works for all of those situations for you. They are amazing. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. Re promise you. Again, that's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA to get a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We are on our way to 10,000 subscribers. We're trying to get there by the end of this upcoming season. So if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate it. Or you can leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So, Hal, let's, let's get into this upcoming season now. 4K, that's what everyone wants to hear about. That's what everyone's excited about. This upcoming season, again, I, I said this to to Bryce on Asar Thompson's preview. We're not doing expectations yet. We're not doing predictions yet. We're just doing a quick preview of his upcoming season. So what I want to start this with is the first thing I want to talk about is like a potential storyline or or something that you think fans should really be watching for involving Cade this upcoming season. If you had to pick one thing, what would that be that you think all the listeners – need to be watching for when it comes to Cade this upcoming year? Uh, like the partnerships, the synergies, right? It's, it's you know, what does Cade look like playing off of and with Jaden Ivey and, you know, vice versa? And, you know, what does he look like playing with Jalen Duran, um, you know, and vice versa? I think I think those two relationships are going to define, you know, the Pistons ceiling uh, for this season. You know, if, if that pick and roll partnership really is working. And those two are, you know, kind of an efficient offense and everything kind of flow out of that. I think we're going to be really happy if, you know, if we start seeing some, my turn, your turn stuff with Caden Ivy and they don't really, you know, figure out how to share the rock. I think that, you know, that's going to be a frustration. I think both of them last year looked pretty good together. And I think Kate's kind of player that kind of molds himself to the team. So I think, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but yeah, that's, that's easily the the number one thing for me is just, what, you know, what does it look like when these guys start gelling together? So my number one thing is how are they going to craft lineups around Cade? Cause you want spacing in, in a general sense, you want spacing around Cade with a lot of threat, but I highly doubt you're going to be getting 10 minutes straight of Cade, Joe Harris, Boyan Bogdanovich, Isaiah Livers, and then Jalen Duran, or like Cade, Alec Burks, you know, basically just Cade with vets that can shoot and then Jalen Duran. Like, I don't think you're going to be getting that many minutes of those. You might get some of them, maybe, but I don't think you're going to get very long stretches of those for very long stretches of time. So I want to see what kind of lamps Monty Williams decide to craft around him and how they go about using Cade in these lamps. Because like we talked about on the Asar Thompson preview with Bryce, if they do decide to start Asar Thompson, it's not just the cleanest fit offensively. It's not just a you know, throw them out there and it's like, oh, you guys will figure it out. No, it's, I think it can work. I think it causes a little bit, you need to have a little bit of creativity to make it work, but it's definitely not one of those where it's like, you know, you're going out and playing pickup basketball and it's like, here you go, go out there and do your thing and everyone's going to be straight because it's not the cleanest fit. So if they do go to, you know, try to play a SAR with Cade and Ivy and Duran, how does Cade look with that? Does that, does that hurt Cade? Can Cade play with that? Um, if they do decide to go Boyan and Stu, can Cade play with that? Is that enough spacing for him? Is you know that that's what I'm really watching for. Number one with Cade is that 
I think, like you mentioned in the first segment, his rookie year, he, I think he probably easily wins rookie of the year if he has a role guy the entire year. Like, for the, the oh, yeah. entire first half of the season, I was on here screaming, please, this he needs some kind of rim threat. Someone that has some kind of gravity rolling to the rim, someone that can catch the ball rolling to the rim, like finish around the basket. Like he needs it bad. And then once they got Marvin Bagley, we remember what he did in March. Uh, I think he had, I think they say he had like a month that we hadn't seen since Michael Jordan's rookie season. Um, so it's like he, he was playing extremely well. So I, Cade's great. I believe in Cade's going to, be, I believe that Cade's going to be great, but he needs functional lineups around him and not just functional lineups. He needs, if you're going to try and test that like a lamp with the Sar Thompson in the starting lineup, he needs his coaching, his coaching staff to put an offense out there that makes sense and that can flow, uh, flow correctly with him at the head of it. Uh, so that's the one, that's probably the biggest storyline that I'm watching for is who are they surrounding him with? Yeah. I, and, and to build on that, it's not necessarily just what's the starting lineup. It's what are the situational lineups they throw out, right? Is there a lineup where it's like a SAR at the four and Stu at the five? They're going, you know, smaller, and suddenly it's like a SAR is kind of your your role man, right? And it's and it's kind of a two man game between these two wings, stuff like that. Stuff like uh, was it the Utah game last year? I have a terrible memory for these things where they did the kind of like five out, and it was like oh yeah, I talk about on the podcast all the time. Utah January seventh of his rookie year. <laughs> I, I know it's, it's my favorite game he's ever played. So, you know, those kind of lineups, right, where it's like, hey, what we normally do doesn't work. We need to get something going or we really want to see something specific out of Cade. What are those wrinkles that Monty Williams puts in? Because, you know, Casey did not like to change those lineups very much, right? He was pretty steady in those rotations. And and that'll be my question is, all right, now that you have, I think, a lot more talent on a team, you have a lot more options. Uh, this is a, a team where the bench isn't, like otherworldly, but like there's a lot of different ways you can configure these these lineups. What do we see where it's like, hey, if something needs to happen, where does Monty Williams go to get the best out of Cade and out of Ivy and out of everyone else? And you know, those could just be five minute stretches that that say a lot. All right. So let's move on to the next part I want to ask about concerning Cade's upcoming season. Again, not an expectation or a prediction. What's one part of his game that you think everyone should be watching for? this upcoming season. If you had to pick one aspect of his game that's at the top of the list that you think listeners should be paying attention to for this upcoming year, what part of his game would that be? The secondary passing, the, the stuff where he's playing off of Jaden Ivy and the ball comes to him and he's making the instant decision that keeps everything moving perfectly. I think that is Cade's superpower. I think that's the thing that sets him apart from a lot of just uh, on ball players, you know, the, the ability for him to make really quick decisions and uh, and just kind of keep everything moving when he's not the focal point is something that I have loved about his game since high school. And I think that's the thing that will, you know, like when Jay Nivey is, is really trying to be, you know, the star of the show or, or you know, when he's being told to be the star of the show and, and getting his number called, you know, that's the stuff that Cade can do off the ball that I think is really going to make, you know, things tick over. I, my answer is it's 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 the obvious answer, and I could try to go a different route, but I think it I, I I don't feel like I'd be doing my job if I didn't just mention the outside shooting. I, I really like that's going to be what unlocks him. If his three point shooting never were to come around, he he's not going to reach the heights that we believe he can reach. If he the three point shooting does come around, which the shot looks really good, um, and Rico Hines, I heard really good things about the shot at Team USA. 
His camp says that he feels really good. He's getting lifted on his shot again. Like all we're hearing all good things about his shot after the surgery. His, his like you mentioned, he's getting good lift on the shot uh, now after the surgery. So if that were to come around and get closer again, not doesn't have to get to 40% like you mentioned earlier, but if it comes around to where he's a good three point shooter this year and he can hit pull up threes and he's drawing some attention and pick and rolls, guys are coming up higher in the screen because they don't want him to just walk into a three guys aren't just going underneath screens and forcing him into shots that he doesn't really want to take. If those are shots that he can, he, he feels comfortable taking, he's hitting at a higher rate. Then it's going to be hard to stop Cade. I, I, I think if, if his three-point shots come around, good, good, good luck. Good luck the rest of the NBA. I don't see how you stop him. I seriously don't. He's too good of a passer to for you to send help and him not make you pay for it. He's too good of a driver to you know play too close up on him. And if he can be a good shooter to make you pay for going under screens and playing off of him, I like good luck. Seriously, like I that's the only thing I feel like it's really missing from his offensive game like that for real. Um, obviously the drawing free throws that we talked about in the beginning. But the three-point shot, I think it's just—it's the easy answer. Maybe it's the cop-out answer. It is what it is. But I think it's the obvious answer, and I have to say that's the one I have to go with. I—that's I, the biggest thing, part—the biggest part of his game that I think everyone, not just in the Pistons fan base, but I think nationally, is going to be watching for is—is is that three-point shot closer to what it was in college, or is he still inefficient from that area, like he has been through 76 games um, of his career? So. Is there anything else you want to preview or mention before we get to some expectations or predictions? I just think, you know, when it comes to that three-point shot, it's important to remember that those pull-up threes, right, the stuff that really unlocks it for him doesn't have to be 40%, right? 34% is a totally functional percentage for for guys like that. You know, we see guys like uh, Donovan Mitchell, for example, where he was getting respected for his shot because he was so willing to shoot long before the percentages really climbed to hyper-efficiency. You know, it's it's just about being willing, being comfortable, you know, and just not shooting 28%, right? If you can get to 33, 34, and then you can make the open corner ones and just be respected, that's all he needs right now. Correct. Absolutely on point there. All right, so when we come back, we're going to have our expectations, and I'm going to force Hal to make some predictions when it comes to Cade's third season. We'll stay tuned for all that. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our sponsors. Actually, you guys got to hear from this one real quick, DoorDash. Missing the syrup for your pancakes or just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. And I've been using DoorDash maybe a little even too much over the last few years all the time. I use it all the time. I absolutely love DoorDash. You can get it from the grocery store. You can get fast food. You can get restaurants. It feels like everything's on DoorDash. And anything that you need, you don't feel like getting up and going out and doing it yourself, you got DoorDash and it does it for you. You can trust DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery, like I said, that delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or it'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery free on all eligible orders with the Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. 
So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. All right, how now I'm going to force you to making some ex- to making some predictions <sighs> and talking about the expectations for this is K's. how I get that. <laughs> for K's upcoming season. So before we get into predictions that we'll make, what what do you think are reasonable expectations for the fan base to have of Cade entering his third season? This is the number one overall pick a few years ago. I had his brother on the podcast earlier in the offseason. He talked about, hey, don't minimize the expectations. Cade knew what he was getting when he got the number one overall pick. He could have went, he could have tried to tank his stock, tried to go to Houston, stayed in Texas. But no, he wanted to go number one. He wanted to go to Detroit. He wants to be held to the standard of being the best guy in his class. So after hearing that, what do you think are reasonable expectations for Cade this season? And, and this is where, you know, you want me to put numbers on it. And it's it's so hard because there, there can be a ton of improvements made, right? without necessarily seeing major box score changes because he's going to be sharing the rock so much more with Jaden Ivey and stuff, right? Compared to like that, that rookie season, you know, where it's 18 points a game and uh, 17 points a game and six-ish assists, six rebounds. You know, if he's at like 21, seven and seven, like that's ridiculous. And that's not a huge leap from, from where he was as a rookie. So it's, to me, it's more about, uh, I think I I would really love it to see if that true shooting percentage can get up to like 55%. And then I would really love if those free throws were up at like five and a half instead of like three and a half game. Those, those are two areas where I would really, really love to see. And I think those are two areas of focus for him as well. I think a reasonable expectation for the fan base this upcoming year. And I completely understand the, you know, who he's going to be playing with, with IVSR and even Duran. They might run some actions through Duran at the high post, run some DHOs through him. Um, but I, I still think that a reasonable expectation for fans to have is somewhere between 21, 23 points a game, six to seven assists a game, six to seven rebounds a game. But like you mentioned, the efficiency being much better. If, if, if K were to average 20 points a game, but like you mentioned, he's on like 58, 59 true shooting percentage, then that's a tremendous improvement. That's, it doesn't have to be just in the points per game uh, box. Now, obviously, you'd like to see the points per game box jump as well, along with the true shooting. Then you're really cooking there. But the efficiency probably is one of the biggest areas. I just think as when it comes to raw box score numbers, I think it's reasonable for fans to expect them to get to a 20-plus point per game score while maintaining around six to seven assists, six to seven rebounds. Maybe try to knock the turnovers down a little bit, even though he's been a high turnover guy for yeah, – I heard that he's been high turnover guy really his whole career for real. Um, so I think that's a reasonable expectation when it comes to box score numbers. Um, I don't think it's fair though to expect all-star year for him because I think the team has to back up that as well. And if the team is not good around whenever all-star voting ends, I think it's like late January or something. Um, if they're not good at that point, he's not going to get votes. Now if the Pistons are like decent and they're fighting for the play in. Yeah. And Kate's like leading it. Yeah. Okay. Then I think he'll be an all-star. But like he needs team help for that. It's not that's not just his own performance. He needs like his guys to help him in that department. So I'm not going to hold All Star over him. I don't think that's fair expectations. But could you say that an expectation is for him to be an All Star level player? Maybe he doesn't make the All Star game, but he's an All Star type of player. 
maybe. I think that maybe would be fair to expect, but we'll see what happens. I, I think he's going to have a great season. Um, and I don't think, I mean, after talking to his brother Cannon earlier in this in the offseason, I was trying to temper expectations for Cade because he's coming off an injury. He didn't get to play all last season. He's only 21, like that kind of stuff. And after listening to him talk about, you know, Cade doesn't want that. You know, he wants all these expectations. He, the sky's the limit, like all that stuff. Don't minimize anything, whatever. Okay, screw it. I take the take the the training wheels off of the the expectations. I'm just gonna go full on with it. I think he should be an all star level player this year. I think Cade thinks that's doable, and I think the fan base should think that's doable as well. He should want to be absolutely. That's 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 what you want him to to be striving for. You know, if if we get to that that all star game and it's like you know they're looking for like injury reserves and Cade's on that list, that's a major win I think for everybody involved. You know, if if we're at the point. You know where he's he's in contention. You know, a, a top three guy for like most improved player, a win for everybody involved, right? Um, you know, one of the the big things for me, uh, personally, when I look at like the the win loss, you know, for this for this season, you know, I think everybody's kind of expecting somewhere between like 30, 35 wins seems about right, and I kind of wonder if it's going to be a bit more front loaded because they might look to like trade guys like Bojan Burks. Morris, you know, at, at the deadline, right? They're expiring. So that's just when you would look at that. So maybe that end of season is a little tougher. But if, uh, you know, if we have a good start to the season, you know, that might be really where you start to see some momentum. Um, you know, can you get some media push behind Kate? That would be a thing I would love to see just in general is can can the Pistons become, you know, in Detroit, in the greater Michigan area, can the Pistons become a thing that's like a topic of conversation that I can have with my coworkers and they not just laugh at me, you know, can, and, and if that happens, it's going to be because Kate's, you know, doing awesome. And that's yeah. something I really hope happens. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I've said this on the podcast numerous times. I've guessed it on other podcasts. I've guessed it on locked on NBA and they've asked me this. And I've said this so many times, like Kate's a number one overall pick that doesn't get treated like number one overall pick. Like Absolutely. even, even like his rookie year, I, I said this like two weeks ago, I think. Every number one overall pick I've ever witnessed gets covered throughout his rookie season. Now, whether it's for a good reason that they're great or they're trash, like what, it, 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 whether you're Anthony Bennett and they're covering you, could you like, how could you get picked number one? Or if you're like a great, you get covered through your rookie season. Kate got drafted one. I don't think they talked about him once. Like, I don't think nationally he was like talked about at all. Uh, and, and it's like, it's, it's weird because like I said, it's, it's not like I'm only asking for good coverage. It's just like usually any number one overall pick gets some type of coverage simply because they were the first pick. And Cade just is kind of flowing all under the radar, not even by his own choice. It's not like he's right. tried to stay under the radar. It's just like the media just hasn't cared. Um, but it seems like that's changing a little bit this offseason. He's gotten a lot of, you know, he seems to be a, the popular name now for breakout season guy. He really wowed everybody at Team USA camp. Team USA wanted him on the roster. He told them no. Uh, talk about that. That that what kind of flex is that? Yeah, I could have been on Team USA, but you know, I got better things I gotta do. Look, he he may have dodged a bullet with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with that, well, maybe if they had Cade, maybe they win some stuff. Who knows? But, um, <laughs> I mean, but anyways, my point is that it seems like, like you mentioned, I think you are gonna get some of that this year because it seems like there's finally there finally is some kind of media push and 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 hype around him that was absent. I, 
I've never seen absent for another first overall pick before in my life. Can can you think of a time where there's been a number one pick that just was absent of any good or bad? Just any coverage? No, it's it's interesting because he's respected, right? Like there isn't. It's not like people are like Ah, Cade sucks, and I don't want to talk about him. Like everyone's just like Ah, Cade's pretty good, and we'll see what happens in three years. And it's like wait, 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 wait. We got the first pick. Like you should be talking about this a little bit. And you know that people just. I think I think it was. He is such a professional character that there's not, you know, there's not a lot to go on there. You know, we like him a lot, but he doesn't really provide national media with like these flashy stories to go off of. And then I think everyone just kind of respected him. It's like, well, that that Detroit situation sucks and and we're not going to spend too much time. So that's where it's like, all right, the team is a little more exciting this year. And there's, you know, there's a little bit of upward momentum. And if you string some wins together, maybe you do get a little bit of, of that positive push and that could go a long way. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Hopefully, they can, like you said, if if they can front load a lot of wins, that would be that would be fun. I think he's going to get talked about a lot. I think everyone's waiting to see what he does, and I'm I'm incredibly interested to see it happen. All right, how now? Before we wrap up, I have to force you into predictions. So this is how we do the predictions with all the guests lately. I put them through a game of yes or no, and there's all no. Right. There's no At least you pick the numbers, right? <laughs> no, it's not. I won't say numbers, but it's it's okay. simply, it's simply you have to say yes or no. There is no explanation of oh, no, but no, there's not none of that. You you are simply held to yes or no. James has went through it. Omari has went through it. Bryce has went through it. So now you're you're next up to bat. You don't again. I'm no not good at short, man. And all my listeners, make sure you clip these predictions and use this against Hal and Mark. <laughs> make sure you let him know how wrong or right he was. Um, all right, oh, they never going. have a problem doing that. <laughs> all right, first one. Will Cade win rookie – or not rookie, most improved player of the year? Sure, yeah. No, yes or no? Yes, he's sure yeah. is not – Yeah, okay. okay. I sure want him to. <laughs> Will Cade be an all-star this season? No. Will Kate? Uh, okay, I lied to you. I do have a number here. Will, 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 Kate, will Kate score more than twenty three points a game this year? Twenty three. No. Will Kate shoot over thirty five percent from three this year? Yes. All right, and I think this one right here. I'll let you expand on this one a little bit because it is a topic of discussion. Do you believe that the Cade, Ivy, Asar, Duran, Core will see them a? in the starting lineup at some point this season? And B, do you think it's going to show good signs of working long-term? Yes and yes. Um, do, you, do you want to I, I, go ahead, I think, yeah, I, I think basically you're asking, is Asar going to enter the starting lineup? Uh, I, I would I would think Ivy and Duran are going to be starters, barring injury, et cetera, et cetera. So now you're asking, okay, are there a couple games where, where Asar gets in there either because – bogey's out or traded or, or something like that and i think yeah that's easy do do i think they're going to play 50 plus games as a starting lineup probably not um you know but i think we're going to get we're going to see some some of them starting i think we'll see plenty of them closing um you know and then is it going to work i think like i i would think that this is going to be unusual right it's i don't necessarily know that they're going to blow people's you know doors off but like asar <laughs> You know, I'm kind of mad that Bryce got to take a sock. I, I love that kid. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the kind of the, the defensive energy, the connective passing, like there's there's ways that these lineups can be like really great in transition and just really energetic. 
And, you know, I think, I think kind of throwing those lineups out as a kind of a counter to maybe some of the more steady handed stuff that Cade's going to want to do, you know, just, you know, that kind of Luca style heliocentrism, you know, I think you can do that. And then you, you know, you, you do five, eight minutes of that and you kind of bring on Asar and, you know, you, maybe you start running and gunning a little bit more. And and I think that stuff is going to pop, even if it's not necessarily like, Oh, the offensive rating and defensive rating are amazing. Like, I think you're going to see that stuff, and then as Asar grows, I, I, I mean, I really think he's talented as, as all get out. I, I love that kid. I, I absolutely love Asar as well. Before we wrap up the podcast, I, I what I'm really looking forward to with Caden Asar, some inverted pick and rolls. I think, I think this that could be so lethal, dude. It could be so crazy. Have have either Cade or Asar as a short roller going to as a decision maker and. Imagine, imagine Asar rolling to the rim off a of pick and roll with Duran in the dunker spot and Ivy and Boyan like spotting up. Either Asar, all, those, all those little Spain actions where you yes. know, you've got two of them diving to the rim together. You you can run Ivy Asar Cade stuff, you know, in, in three man game, all that stuff, all the stuff that also like, you, you wanted Hamadou to do. You know, yes, yes, Asar can do all of that. That's, Except you know, he's that's, a higher feel, higher processor, decision maker. It could get lethal, dude. It could get crazy. I'm so and, interested. And I, I hear a lot of people who are, you know, really concerned about the non-shooting thing for Asar. Like, yeah, I get it. He, you want him to shoot long term, but like, if he just has Hami's season, maybe a little steadier defensively and stuff, because Hami could be a little chaotic at times. If he just does that as a as a rookie, that's awesome. That's that's really all you want to see. It's just this guy who comes in, has energy, makes a couple extra passes that maybe Hami wouldn't make. That's that's great, and I think you can see that meshing into lineups with with Caden Ivy, you know, right away. And and I th- I think if one of the things I've mentioned, and we've kind of drifted into a SAR topic, so I'll, I'll this will be the last. Oh, yeah, thing don't we go say. short. <laughs> this will be the last thing we say, and I'll wrap up the podcast. But one of the things I talked about with the Thompson twins in general when I was talking uh, before the draft, and I was doing some like draft profiling, is that you know with Diallo. I did mention that the Diallo role could be something he could just slide right into, but the difference is Diallo was a complete non-shooter. Asar will be a shooter that maybe just can't shoot. Like I think it's two different things. A guy who a guy who just doesn't take threes and you won't even take them is different from a guy who takes them but just can't hit them at a higher rate. Kind of like you were mentioning earlier with Davin Mitchell before he was a good pull-up three-point shooter. Like simply taking them provides a different level of gravity than someone who is just like. I'm not taking this. I'm not going to shoot this. So it's like it's different levels of gravity and it helps an offense, even if he's not hitting at a high. Now, obviously you want them to hit at a higher clip, but it helps. It affects the offense in different ways than someone who is just, you know, I'm going to catch this in the corner. I'm just going to stand here. I'm not, I'm like, <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to take this shot or I'm going to dribble in the three guys like Stan Van Gundy used to talk about. I, one of my funniest quotes, the funniest quotes. I remember from a Pistons coach, I'm going on a, ta- on a tangent, <laughs> but one of the funniest quotes Funniest quote I remember is years ago when I was younger with Sam Van Gunny was coach and someone mentioned something to him after a game or, or practice or something about Stanley Johnson shooting too many threes. And Stan was like, he's shooting open threes. What do you want? You guys just want him to drive into the paint into three people. You guys don't know what you're talking about. He just went like, he was spazzing about like, basically like telling guys, Oh, stop shooting threes. Just drive to the rim. Well, if you have an open three, take the three, you're driving to the rim with those three people there. It's not going to help. 
Um, I don't know why I said that quote. It just got popped in my mind. <laughs> I love Stan you, Van you mentioned Stan Van Gundy quotes, and all I can hear is form a bleeping wall, and then <laughs> whatever you can put together, put it together. You know that that <laughs> clip of Stan Van Gundy dribbling is Stan best. Van Gundy's great, dude. His quote, I love, quotes I love are just great, man. He's great. Um, all right, but that's it. We'll wrap up the podcast there. Hal, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. You guys can Always. follow him on Twitter at Hal Bridius. Um, until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Um, hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe and peace out.